0: And welcome to another edition of Unity Colorado, a Colin Wilhelm for Colorado podcast. I am Colin Wilhelm, and I'm running for Congress against Lauren Boebert. And um, as always, you can listen to this on Spotify, Stitcher, our website, or wherever you find your podcasts. And the Anchor app is where we've recorded. You can go to our website, WilhelmforColorado.com, where you can listen, volunteer, and most importantly, donate donate to make Lauren Bobert be gone, and um, help get a common sense person elected to Congress. With me, as always, is Keeley.
1: Hello and good morning, everybody. Happy to be here again.
0: Good morning, Keeley. I, um,
1: I guess it's not morning anymore.
0: Not <laughs> today. Uh, our recording schedule gets changed all the time, doesn't it?
1: Yes, we just kind of roll with it.
0: Yeah, there's never a dull moment on a political campaign, I don't think. Um, when I when I brought you on, you never worked in politics before. I, I tried to explain to you how it's not a nine-to-five. It's the weirdest schedule in the world. I think you're starting to see that.
1: Yes, it's, uh, politics is consuming.
0: <laughs> it is, and I kind of sometimes envy the people who don't participate in it on a nearly 24-7 level.
1: All right. Well, I can honestly say that, um, yes, I've never been in politics before, but um, I believe in you, Colin, and I believe um, that you're going to do great things. So I back you 100 percent.
0: Well, as long as I have people like you helping me and guiding, me, I think we can get some do some really good things. And speaking of good things, um, we have some some information on the January 6th committee that came out recently this week. Uh, Donald Trump lost his uh, bid to protect himself and must turn over documents to the January 6th committee, according to a federal trial court judge.
1: Yes, um, I find that very exciting. Um, I was a little bit nervous that Trump was going to try to pull some, you know, power, but uh, I'm really excited that that request was blocked and uh, we're going to finally get to some, some truth of it all.
0: Hopefully, basically what um, he argued was he's the, the executive or was the executive at the time, and that entitles him to executive privilege and that the people that worked for him and the people that he communicated with do not have to turn over their documents or their phone records or even testify because they worked for him and he's he was the president. The best part, in my opinion, and, you know, I'm not a huge Trump fan here, <laughs> Uh, But the best part was when she, the judge wrote that a president is not the king and Trump is not president, right? I just thought that was a very um, well, well written line from a judge who must be kind of upset and fed up with this former president trying to use executive privilege beyond the scope of his presidency.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can all kind of agree that um giving Joe Biden that choice and uh, that executive privilege um to you know, overrule Trump in that sense um yeah. was the right thing to do. Yeah. No longer a president, so
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we have a president. He's in charge of determining who gets the executive privilege and what's privileged and what's not. Not former presidents, you know. Is Jimmy Carter able to to claim executive privilege for Donald Trump's documents. That would be really weird. Right. Yeah. So, you know, where would it stop if Donald Trump got his way? So, and for too long, Donald Trump has got it in his way.
1: I'd have to agree with that. And i um, really looking forward to see what happens. in the future. Oh, I can tell
0: you what's going to happen. He's going to appeal it. He's going to ask for an injunction. He's never going to turn over any documents. And, um, this saga is going to continue on, but maybe I'm just overly cynical.
1: Well, let's hope that's not the case.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But if we can get some of these people to testify, we can find out what Lauren Boebert knew and when she knew it and what she was doing the days leading up to the Capitol riot. So that's the most important part from our, from my perspective at least.
1: Yes, I agree. I believe that there is some, something hinky going on there and um, I'm ready to, to see her, what her involvement was.
0: Yep. Um, But anyway, this, uh, we can move on to the main topic today, which is uh, a very, one probably closer to your heart, but near and dear to everybody. Um, This month is Native American Heritage Month, right?
1: It is. Um, So November has been um, deemed a month to honor the traditions, cultures, and communities of Native people. Um, It's also a time to kind of raise awareness um, of the challenges that their communities have faced uh, historically and presently. Um, I myself am a member of the Choctaw Nation, um, which is native to Oklahoma, um, and my, you know, a a little history, my great, 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 there's probably a few more greats in there, grandfather, um, was one of the first Indian chiefs to promote education. So um, I am very proud to be um, a member of the Choctaw Nation. Um, although, you know, looking at me, you would not think <laughs> that I was Native American at all. I've also got some Irish and things in me. So, um, yeah. but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome that we are dedicating a whole month to um, Native American heritage.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those it's 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 a group of people, Native Americans that, for some, um, white Americans, are seen as a thing of the past, right? Right. Um, thought of this was at, these people were here before, and they're no longer here now.
1: Yeah, which uh, is absolutely not not true. Um, you're right. We definitely speak about them, uh, in, indigenous people, in past tense, and um, they are very much still around and celebrated. Um within their tribes. And um, I think that everybody could kind of benefit from you know, understanding a little bit more about, obviously, where this country started from, um, and how the culture still around today.
0: Yeah. And um, it's, it's, interestingly, from a legal perspective, as a as a legal nerd, like I am, the interplay between um, tribal systems and The federal systems and the state systems is very interesting because the federal government is empowered by the constitution to negotiate with states foreign countries and the indian tribes quote unquote Uh, so that's that's actually i'm using that word from the constitution it wouldn't be the term i would normally use i would normally use native americans um but that's the term that's in there and so it's kind of interesting because that means that Native Americans hold a special place in the legal system where they're entirely sovereign from other states. So they have their own police force, their own judicial system, their own courts, their own entities. They can even potentially have their own tax taxation system if they wanted to separate from and only subordinate to the federal government.
1: Well, That's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I knew that there, you know, the history of Native Americans did play portion in our Constitution and everything. Um, but I actually learned today um, that there was a treaty dating back like 180 years um, that promised a seat in house for Native Americans. Um, and we are finding out that that has, you know, just now been delivered on 180 years later um, with Kim Tehe being the first uh, Native American to serve in Congress, which I think is really awesome.
0: So, so, you're telling me that there's always supposed to be a seat available for a Native American person. Yes, but until this Congress, nobody's ever done anything about that.
1: That's correct. so it's it's about time that we've got some Native American representation um, in in Congress.
0: Like, um so was this is this person elected through the normal channels, or do they get elected by the tribes, or do you, do you know?
1: Um, You know, I actually don't know, but I do believe it was through normal channels, Um, but put, you know, obviously somebody from the Native tribes thought that Kim Teehee would be a a great um, representation for them. And um, so far, I think she's um, doing some really great things and um, having, again, having her representation in Congress is going to be huge for Native American tribes of, you know, Cherokee, Choctaw, all, all different.
0: Oh yeah, and um, I think it's oh very important that people see representation of their cultures um at the highest levels of government, especially yes. especially children.
1: Most definitely, I mean, the U.S. was built upon a a melting pot of different cultures, and I think that they should all be yeah represented.
0: Yep, and um, speaking of representation, we also have the first Native American in in the cabinet um secretary interior deb holland holland um h double a l a n d i'm not sure how to pronounce that I, i know how to pronounce the dutch spelling saying of it but not the native american um is the very first native american person to be appointed to a cabinet position and a very powerful one for the native american tribes in fact and um I think that's phenomenal and, and long time coming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think for too long um, Native Americans have been you know pushed down and and their voices haven't been heard. And I think that's changing.
0: Yeah, and um, we've been as a nation very much um, trying to over the last fifty years. Civil rights movements have been in in play for. African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, for Latino-Americans. But I feel like for too long, the minority that's been left behind has been that silent minority of the Native Americans. They're just kind of here. Right. And um, m- lots of jokes, lots of uh, disparagement, but not not any representation and not any um, movement forward from the federal government. And I think that's something that needs to change. And it's something that I'm looking into figuring out ways to 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 work with and um and and i welcome any avenues that i can in into working with the native american tribes as you know we have two Ute reservations in um in the district and i think that it's very important that the congressperson from cd3 represent those people um as well as they represent every other single person in this district. Each person is is a constituent and they deserve proper and ethical representation.
1: I completely agree. You know, it's, it's really nice to see uh, our current president, Joe Biden. Um, he has been consistently addressing Native Americans um, throughout, you know, throughout the coronavirus pandemic um, and actually trying to generally seems to be trying to build back some of that trust between tribes and the U.S. government, which, has kind of historically just not been there.
0: Well, I think there's a good reason why it hasn't been there. Uh, <laughs> we've the the there's been too much has been offered, said, and given to um, the European white settlers, yeah. and by by the Native Americans, and not returned to them, if you will. So I think there's a very lack there. There's a very good reason why Native American culture would be hesitant to accept um, concessions from the federal government. In my mind, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you yeah, know, like I said, I hope, I hope that's changing. Um, you know, the um, coronavirus has been, you know, huge in our country. Obviously. Uh, 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 Along with the rest of the world, Um, but Native Americans have been kind of among the hardest hit by the pandemic. Um, You know, not only do in in some of the um, Native American territories they may have a lack of access to healthcare um, in their regions, Um, and a large worry. I I listened to a um, interview with the Cherokee um, chief, and A large worry that that Native American tribes have right now with the pandemic is losing the elders of their community. And, um, you know, obviously we know that the coronavirus um, does tend to kind of wipe out older people that, um, you know, may not have 100 percent of their health. Um, But with that, it wipes out a huge portion of the native languages. And it's typically the elders that can still fluently speak in these native languages um, so I think that it's, you know, it's a, it's like a national treasure having these people around that still speak these historic languages.
0: Yeah. Um, it's been really interesting to see just the data from a data standpoint. It's interesting, but it's incredibly sad, I should say, Yeah, absolutely. That, um, the native American tribes are 12% more likely to uh, pass away from COVID than they are from then, than, than then the majority of the population is. Wow. Um, that's, that's a huge percentage uptick there. Yeah, it is. Um, um.
1: You know, and they, they are doing everything that they can. Um, the Cherokee Nation um, in particular, you know, they shut down their casinos back at the beginning of the pandemic when everything else was shutting down as well. Yep. Um, but to do that kind of little extra mile, um, they knew that they had all kinds of perishable perishable foods um, in those casinos that they shut down. And they sent them out to their tribal members, which I think is is really awesome. That's um, great. Yeah. And they've they've really made testing a priority again, um, you know, offering vaccines to the elders of their tribes first um, Mm -hmm. to try to kind of protect that heritage from the top down. Um, And I think that um, if we continue to provide resources to the Native American tribes, um, like we have seen through the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, um, I think that we can all really get through this together and and preserve this chunk of our history.
0: Yeah, but, and you talk about resources, and um, it's these reservations and areas where Native Americans typically populate are under-resourced areas. Right. Um, just in general, and by the way that our nation is, the more rural you are, the more under-resourced you are, especially in the medical care field. And I think that's one of the reasons that that twelve percent is there. I don't think it's a genetic thing. I think it's more of a lack of opportunities and access to men, access to healthcare. Yeah, know.
1: absolutely. I mean, we the Native Americans certainly saw an uptick in um, you know mortality rate um, during the influenza as well. Um, and again, that just comes back to access to healthcare. Um, but hopefully, we can you know. Get, Get these vaccines out to everybody, um, you know, yep. Native Americans, everyone alike.
0: So, well, and how many times have I talked about increasing access to healthcare as That's the, <laughs> you know, it's everybody's fighting over how we pay for healthcare. How do we pay for it? Is it a single payer, universal healthcare, whatever, whatever, whatever? That's fine. We we do need to figure out a better way to pay for healthcare in this country, but paying for it is only one step of the battle. It doesn't. It, it doesn't take into account the fact that there's a large portion of our population that lives in medical care deserts either in this either in cities or in rural areas predominantly in rural areas but um, and I think that it was really nice that the infrastructure bill passed because there's a large package for increasing rural broadband in, in that package and that's going to be the future of rural uh, medical care is going to be telehealth um, and it will have a huge impact and a huge benefit for the Native American communities for for healthcare going forward. But that only applies for that. That's not how you get treatment. That's just you know how you get your checkups and stuff like that. So then we need to increase that access for those the the person to person care, right?
1: yeah absolutely and i think you know that's one of the one of the many reasons um i enjoy working on this campaign is you know you really take out the fact of of money being the the prime topic and kind of bringing back that you know humanity and realizing that we all need to help each other out and get access to everybody
0: yeah it's too easy to break things down into numbers and and when you do that you forget the people behind the numbers absolutely um, and and when we're talking about uh, the people behind the numbers in terms of Native Americans we need we owe them a debt as a society for um, for our past histories and um, we as a society have to have to step up and and put some equity into that equation I think
1: yeah I definitely agree it is you know pastime. <laughs>
0: yep if anybody out there is listening to this and wants to um, to comment or, or has some ideas on how we can make some inroads into increasing access to health care throughout the Native American community, feel free to uh, reach out to us at our website wilhelmforcolorado.com. From there you can email us and you can vol- sign up to volunteer and donate. Um, because Lauren Bobert, I'll tell you, does not care about Native American. Um, societies and in, in, the, in their futures to the point where she just makes fun of the Secretary of the Interior right?
1: Um,
0: and trolls her on Twitter. So um, there's a little bit of a difference between me and Lauren Bo in there. One other thing that I wanted to touch on is there's a current case being heard in the Supreme Court. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um,
1: yeah, the Indian Child Welfa- Welfare Act, right?
0: Yep. The case is... Bracken v. Holland is how I'm going to pronounce her name. Um, When when you sue a federal agency in the United States, the person who is head of that agency, their last name becomes the defendant in the case. Okay. Okay. So that's how her name got on it. They're not suing the Secretary of the Interior personally, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, the the Indian Child Welfare Act. I think it's a really cool act. because it'll, it, it does some really awesome things for Native American children. Um, that, in, in the sense that we all know that there are some, some loopholes in, in the foster care system when children get placed into, uh, taken out of family homes, for whatever reason, um, they need to be placed somewhere else to, to go to have a wonderful, productive life. The Indian Child Welfare Act says that the tribe of that child has the right of first adoption because the tribe is a family. And I think that it's a really cool act because it recognizes the the societal impacts of that tribe and how it's family based. And um, and that's important because that that's the that's pretty much a Native American heritage issue there. And so it's really nice that the federal government recognizes that. This case is about um, some children who were not allowed to be adopted by. They they weren't even given the opportunity for their tribes to be adopted, uh, to adopt them, and instead were given to other families and through the general adoption process. And now they're they're with their current adoptive parents, and the adoptive parents want to keep them mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. They're bonded, and you know that's great. So they're challenging the, the law as unconstitutional. Um, it's one of these cases where there's not going to be a good outcome for the kid,
1: right?
0: You know, um, either way, the 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 law needs to be decided, but the state's messed up and and allowed the people to these parents to adopt these kids before uh, making the overtures to the tribes, right? And, now the state, now either the children will be removed from these parental units and and offered up for adoption to the tribe, or you have to strike down the entire statute and the entire law, which then makes the entire process invalid. So there's no good answer to that one. And it's just kind of sad how sometimes our laws don't always work out the way we want them to. Right, I do think, um,
1: you know, it's great that this, these kids have, you know, bonded with their adoptive families, but, um, I, you know, like you mentioned, I, I do think there's something to be said about, um, you know, preventing the breakdown of Native American families and and keeping that culture and that heritage alive.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it would be great if this if we as a society could be like, look in these in in the Bracken instance, the state messed up, right. The Bracken family has bonded with this kid, the kid gets to stay with them, and the statute is still good. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we should also you know, most definitely take into account what is in the best interest of that child.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want this to happen in the future, but it's, it's kind of that thing where, as a lawyer, I look at, I have to look at it in black and white, and it's never black and white. It's always gray.
1: Right.
0: And it sucks. <laughs> Uh, but that, that case is being heard this week. And um if people wanna tune in, they can go to SCOTUSBlog.com to get updates on on all the SCOTUS uh, cases. That's the best way to learn about what's happening at the Supreme Court. Great attorneys were doing great work over there. Um, and I'm a big fan of their work. Shout out to SCOTUS. If you wanna give me a, a shout out back? I would love it.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um yeah, so today, you know, I, I want to urge all of our listeners to look up Native American Heritage Month. Take some time to learn about the cultures, traditions. You know, I did a simple Google search and it came up with so many different events that you can attend um, no matter where you are in our country, which I think is amazing. Um, you know, just take a look to become familiar with it um, and honor this portion of our country's history. Um, if you have ever wondered, um, if you have Native American ancestors, you know we are not uh, sponsored sponsored by Ancestry DNA at all. But um, I, my family members have done some of their kits, and with Christmas coming around, they make fun Christmas gifts for your loved ones um, to find out you know where your what your heritage is. Yep, um, and you might you might find that you also have some Native American in you. So,
0: and you know, as you mentioned, we're not sponsored by Ancestry.com or any of those people. Uh, We're not sponsored by anybody except for Colin Wilhelm for Colorado, (laughs) Uh, which means go to WilhelmforColorado.com, donate so we can keep this podcast going, and we can kick Lauren Boebert out of office. You can find this podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to listen, subscribe, and if you like it, leave a five-star review. Speaking of Lauren Bobert, Miss Miss Healy, I think it's time to turn to that uh, wonderful dress she wore.
1: Ah, yes, the one that had "Let's Go Brandon" graffitied across her button back.
0: Your words, not mine.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, I fully accept that. Um, and also, another word that I would have for that is uh, trashy. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to go ahead
0: and say it. <laughs> uh, uh, very much so. Um, you know, it. I didn't think that we would ever run out of ammunition for the Bobert Bullshit Bulletin, but I didn't think she would write the ammunition for us on herself.
1: Um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think it's just very distasteful, and um there's really no other words for that. It's very predictable, I yep. think. Um, and I think the whole Let's Go Brandon thing um, in general has blown up to be something unacceptable.
0: <laughs> for, for those listeners who aren't aware, Let's Go Brandon um, is a, what a euphemism, a second term a cover for Fuck Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, it started in a NASCAR race and um, one of the reporters said I think they're chanting when the crowd is chanting fuck Joe Biden I th- one of the reporters said I think they're chanting let's go Brandon and um, that's now the the cry of the, of the fundamentalist alt right three percenters KKKers out there um, and uh, it's really funny because it doesn't trigger anybody. It's not owning the the liberals as Lauren Boebert wants to do. It doesn't make me mad when I see it. I just kind of feel like, oh, honey, really? Right. Like, yeah, did- I
1: mean, with the with the red dress and the white lettering, I think she's also, um, you know, poking fun at the um, oh, my gosh, uh, I can't remember her name. But Are she also- a white dress with the red letters that say tax the rich. AOC. Yes,
0: I think that was her intention, but she really missed the mark on that clapback. If that was what it was, right? Um, right. and and not surprisingly, so everything Lauren Bubber does is um, is very, very poorly executed, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and not thought out beyond uh, stepping out of a house. I think it's, it's takes 30 seconds for her to come up with an idea and she just rolls with it.
1: Yeah, and I think it really points out the fact that she, you know, is not on that message on how to improve the world or bring people together in any way. No, (laughs) It's all uh -uh. about the division and um, we need much less of that in politics.
0: And just to be clear, I thought when AOC put tax the rich on her dress, that was a terrible idea too. Right. Um, But you know, I thought that was stupid, but Lauren Boebert's it made it even dumber she she went down to the least common denominator, and you know not that I expected anything more from her, but it's it's just you're right, she doesn't try to do anything to represent the people of c d three Western Colorado or even the the country. She's just all about trying to get that media fame right um and so.
1: Yep, it's time to get Lauren Robert out and someone who actually cares about CD three and our country in. That's you, Colin.
0: I'm a little bit biased. I think you might, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think that it is a, it is a good time for us to. Uh, and there's an opportunity to, to to knock her out. She's doing the wrongs, and we're we're just doing the rights. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a, a bright future for CD three if we can get her gone.
1: I would have to agree with that. And if you agree too, then please visit us on Wilhelmforcolorado.com. Reach out to us, uh, volunteer, and donate.
0: With that, we will say thank you guys for another episode. A wonderful episode.
1: Yes, and in my tribe's native tongue, that would be that would be Yakoki, which means thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Keely.